0: Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once all entrusted to God's holy people. Welcome to another episode of Standing Firm Defenders of Faith. My name is Candace Paul, author of best-selling novel Spiritual Warfare. And again, I am here with my co-host, David Chandler, who is also a best-selling author who has written plenty of books. <laughs> and so, <laughs> David, you can welcome yourself.
1: Well, thank you for having me on the show once again. It's a pleasure to be with you tonight.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I wanted to talk about something that I heard about years ago and I was kind of taken back because I wasn't sure what to think about it. And it's called the unpardonable sin or essentially the unforgivable sin. Now, we're taught as Christians that all sins are forgivable. So that's why when I heard about this, I was like, whoa, 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 what is this? How do you commit this sin? What is it about? And so I wanted to get into the details of it today so we can talk a little bit more about it. I'm gonna direct everyone to a passage. And the passage is Mark 3, 28 through 30. And it says, truly I tell you, All sins and blasphemies will be forgiven for the sons of men, but whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, but is guilty of an eternal sin. My understanding of that, and and I was, when I first heard about it, I was like, wait, 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 wait. So if you say something against the Holy Spirit, that's it. You'll never be forgiven. Oh my gosh. You know, and so, you know, you can get fearful, but that's not, Actually, what it means. Essentially, what it means is that your heart has become so hardened, so hardened, so impenetrable that when the Holy Spirit is acting, you deny it. You cannot see that the Holy Spirit is trying to work. You deny it every single time because your heart is so hardened. So, essentially, there's no way that God could work through you. Because you have literally turned off any type of pathway for God to into your heart because you've literally turned away from him. so that's the only reason the sin is unforgivable is because you there's no way for you to repent because you don't even acknowledge when God is working. So what do you think about this Dave?
1: Candace, I'm glad you brought that up in and in, in what we have here in mark chapter three verses twenty eight through thirty we have the word blasphemy and and the word blasphemy has an assortment of meanings one one is taking the lord's name in vain and that could mean a number of things for instance you could use it in a profanely you know using it as a curse word like oh jesus christ you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh or the gd word or in another in in something it's something else that's really uh, that you should pay attention to using it and as common you know using his name as a common name or bringing him down to man's level like Kanye did Kanye with his song Jesus or the, the the name of the CD that was on a CD jacket Jesus and he was on a cover of Rolling Stone magazine with him wearing the crown of thorns on his head. That's the ultimate blasphemy, or the ultimate act of blasphemy. So blaspheming the Holy Spirit, on the other hand, which is pretty much uh, denying the power of the Holy Spirit, and we have an example of that with Jesus performing miracles in in, in the Pharisees, those religious leaders back in those days, attributing that power to the works of devils. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture to, let's see, uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 and 32. And I'm going to start at verse 22 here. Uh, Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is this not the son of David. Verse twenty four, and when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house is divided against itself shall not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? Hmm. And if and if I, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. So what Jesus is basically saying is common logic. How can the devil cast out the devil? It's stupid. It's stupid for you to even mention something like that. Well, you're possessed by devils, and that's why you're able to cast out devils. Wait, what?
0: Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense.
1: So that's an act of blasphemy. They they were they were attributing the power of the Holy Spirit to Satan and that's another act of but it's one of the most worst things you can do is say to Jesus Christ himself or to or to attribute any act of the Holy Spirit to Satan. That that's real that that's really playing on thin ice.
0: And that and that is what they actually talk about in in Mark 3:28 through 30 that other blasphemy is forgivable but that blaspheming against the holy spirit is not because the holy spirit is trying to work trying to change you and you're blocking it with the hardening of your heart or literally just lying against the holy spirit and that is the unforgivable sin now I wanted to relate this to technology okay, in present day, in today's society. And I know some people are going to be like, wait, how are we making this connection? And I'm going to tell you how. So technology is literally so advanced now. The question becomes, if God were to act, if the Holy Spirit were to act in a major way, Would people recognize that as the Holy Spirit acting or attribute it to something else? Just like you said the Pharisees did, would we all attribute it to something else? Science, progression of modern technology, some astrological event, some type of thing like that, anything else but the Holy Spirit. Could God act right now and we recognize it as God acting. That's a real question. And what brought this question to mind was, one day I was on Facebook and I was looking at a video that someone had posted. And the video was of this guy driving down the street. He looked like he was capturing whatever on his cell phone. And it looked like there was a beam of light that opened up from the sky and, and shot down. Okay, so I'm looking at this and I'm like, wow, everyone was commenting on the thread saying, oh, this is CGI. This is fake. This is fake. This isn't real. Oh, this is something else. And so my question genuinely was, what if it were God acting? What if it was the Holy Spirit? Would any of us be able to recognize that or would we all deny it because technology has advanced so much? that none of us will be amazed at anything anymore. Would we be able to appreciate if God acted in a miraculous way? And I want your thoughts on that.
1: Well, um, I don't think so because technology has taken the place of God in a sense because uh, we look at the end times and, well, uh, as we we move forward towards the end of the of the church age, we're going to see knowledge increasing. And I'm going to look at, before I go to that passage of scripture, I'm going to look at Luke chapter 18, verse 8. And this is probably going to corroborate your question. And Jesus is speaking to the, the disciples, talking about a parable. And you can always tell that Jesus is telling a parable. Except for when, you know, in Luke 16, he didn't mention it was a parable. As a matter of fact, he mentioned, uh, well, he didn't say that it was going to be a parable in Luke Luke chapter 16. As a matter of fact, he even called out names. He named names in that particular um, instance. But in Luke chapter 18, he he calls it a parable. And he says to his disciples in verse 8, I tell you that, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? And the answer is no. That's a rhetorical question. Mm. And and so when people see acts of 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 super of, of miracles and we see things that are are attributed not to man but to God or to Jesus Christ, people are not going to believe it, even if. Jesus Christ himself were to descend from heaven and say, I am the Son of God. I am Jesus Christ. Please come to me if you want your sins forgiven. They're not going to believe it because man is so far away from God. And as a matter of fact, we have so many false miracles now. We're living in an age where there is so much spiritual deception. I was telling an evangelist uh earlier in the week i think it was yesterday i was visiting a church well not visiting but i was at bible study and i it was just me and her and i told her the exact same thing we were talking about something like this and wow. i said we're in an age of spiritual deception we're in an age where there is a lot of false doctrine being propagated in churches not just in the because the devil has the world he wants the church he wants his position back and he will do anything to get it he wants worship so he's not going to get it out there in the street because he already has it the people that are out there in the world don't know god don't care to know god so now he wants he's moving into the church and so that's where most of the deception is and so when jesus told his asked his disciples a rhetorical question he said if The son of man were to step foot on terra
0: firma. Would there be faith on the earth? And the answer is no. This is why when people talk about being careful, being mindful about who you follow, what you buy into, what you support, who you listen to, this is where the rubber kind of meets the road. Because there's so many things that can take you off track. And it's so easy now to get off track. And I talk about this in Spiritual Warfare at length. I talk about this at length in the book. And even though the book is fiction, there are a lot of very real world themes that when people read it, they'll start to see. But I talk about how, you know, if you're not on the right trajectory, if you're just a degree off, You're not going to get to the same end point. In fact, if you keep going far out into the distance, just being a degree off, you will literally be far from where you're supposed to be. And there's so many things that can take you off track now. It's very easy for man to start focusing on himself and start seeing himself as the, the way, the truth, and the light. We're every day we're coming up with new things, discovering new things technology is helping us do this or that helping us be able to change the eye color in our children in the womb, helping us take away uh, you know genetic diseases in DNA things like that so so when all of these things start to happen you can really start to say well, we can do this ourselves. Maybe we don't need anyone to come back. We're, we're good here. We're okay. We have it all figured out. That is where things are really, really, really going to get bad. And that's where we need to push back because there's a lot of these philosophies and theories and, and ideas that have nothing to do with God at all, but they look like they do. And that is the problem. Your thoughts.
1: Well, Daniel chapter 12 kind of pretty much not sums it up, but it kind of just uh, agrees with what you're saying. It says, uh, and I'm going to start at verse 4, But thou, O Daniel, shut the words and seal the book even to the time of the end, the end of the age. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Now, I want you to pay close attention to this word here, knowledge. Uh, So the word Gnosticism, now, I don't want to get too much into it, but the word Gnosticism, the Greek word gnosis, is knowledge. And does that mean the same Greek word here in this context? I'm not sure. But let's go with it just for the sake of of the, the topic of the conversation. When we look at... The, the end of the world. When we talk about the end of the world, we're talking about the, the the Greek word aeon, which means age. And Jesus said to his disciples, "What are the signs of your return?" Well, let's look let's go there. Shall we? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm going to get to your point in a second, but I I just got to search the scriptures because that's where the answers to all these questions lie. Verse yes. twenty-four, the chapter 24 and Jesus is talking to his disciples. And they all ask, oh, well, Jesus, what are the signs of your return to the earth? What are your signs of, of the end of the age? And Jesus says, take heed that no man deceive you. Mm-hmm. For, and now, notice what he – now, this is the first sign. I notice verse 5, and note very well, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Now, we have 2,600 cults in America today. Wow. Verse 6, and they shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that ye may not be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. The nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Now, this is talking about race and ethnic ethnic wars. Yeah. Uh, and famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places, all these sh- – shall are the beginning of sorrows then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you persecution and shall be hated among all nations for my name's sake and then shall be many uh, and then shall many be offended and may betray one another and hate one another and there may be false and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many and and iniquity abound and the love of many shall wax cold now iniquity is evil, immorality. Uh, murder, rape, um, this coldness, this lack of yeah. empathy, lack of, of of remorse from people. People are being and and let's look at another passage of scripture. First, I think it's First Timothy chapter three. Uh, um, yeah, chapter three. Okay, chapter three. This also, this know also that in the last days perilous time shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves mm. so let's look at it let's, let's focus on that because I want I want to stay on 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 point here you, you mentioned something about man not needing God because of all the advancements in science and medicine yeah you know, we can we have cell phones now that can act as remote controls for television sets yep yeah. I have a friend that has the, this cell phone. I can't pronounce the name of the word, so I'm not going to use it on the on, on the, the recording. But he showed me this phone. I was at his house two weekends ago, and we were just talking and reminiscing about life and about uh, our high school years because we knew each other since first grade. And he shows me the cell phone, and he says, well, man, you need to buy it. It's $430. I'm not, I'm not paying no $430 for a phone. But anyway – he tells me that you can turn the phone off. It never runs out. Yes. The battery never runs low. It's It can be at 70% and it can run as smoothly as it was at 100. You can turn off the TV set, turn it off. You can turn on the volume. You can do all yes. this stuff. And I'm saying to myself, my God. So this is why man does not need God anymore because of the advancement of knowledge, of the, the increase of knowledge, I am God. I am God. You know, the the serpent told Eve that you're not you're not going to surely die, but you you're, you when you bite of the fruit, your your eyes are going to be opened, and you're going to be as gods, knowing good from evil. Yeah. Now notice the word uh, when 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 the serpent told Eve. Your eyes shall be opened. That's the third eye. Your third eye is going to be opened, and you're going to attribute the gnosis, knowledge, the New Age movement. They claim to have all this enlightenment. All of these musicians talk about the enlightened. Kanye mess. I mean, Kanye West is talking about, I am so enlightened, I light up like a light bulb.
0: And you are, you are spot on. And, you know, and I feel like with technology and these type of things, everyone feels feels like they can be the foremost authority on any subject. At the end of the day, a simple Google search could answer a lot of people's questions. You know, you have information at your fingertips. You, you can research things in an instant. And because of that, people get this false notion that they know everything, or that they can know everything. And at some point, there has to be contentment, there has to be a, a level of peace at where you are. So, so I don't know, I don't know how we approach this, but I have run into numerous people who are very, very haughty, um, who feel like they really have a good grasp on every topic. Like they, they can know everything. And I have sat and I've listened to these people and I've literally been in awe. I've said, wow, you really, you really have it all figured out. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Had no idea. Cause, um, I just realized that there's a lot that I still don't know and I'm learning, but you seem to, to have it all figured out. Yep, I do. There's a lot of that going on, um, and this is the this is the scary part about all this, right? When you feel like you know everything, when you feel like you have it all figured out, that might be where they want you. And the reason I say that is you have it all figured out, and you're not fearful of anything. You're not worried about anything. But meanwhile, you don't know everything. That's a fact. You don't know everything. And the people are feeding you the information that you that you think you know. All this information is being fed to you. So you are actually exactly the way that these entities want you to be, who want to control you, control your thinking, control what you do and your behavior. You are exactly how they want you to be and you are sitting here thinking that you're a free thinker thinking that you know everything and that you're above it all you're not what are your thoughts
1: well um my thoughts are again um what you just said goes in line with scripture you look at second peter chapter three verse uh verses three actually Knowing this, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, verse 4, where is the promise of his coming, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So that's a, and I'm going to try, I'm going to get a little technical. That's a word known as uniformitarianism, Mm -hmm. which means that everything is the same as it once were. As it once was, and the only reason why things are getting better is because of man. Um, man is uh, the world is not getting better because man knows the Lord, but man is getting better because of himself, and things are not, you, you know, things are just the way that they were from the, the beginning of creation because of you know man is in control
0: mm.
1: and and that's what uniformitarianism is man is is the is keeping things level and there's no need for a god you, you look at the enlightenment age the enlightenment age was pretty much the same thing they they believe that oh, well friedrich nietzsche said that god is dead because of why because he, he killed him with our science Science was the God of, well, god well, reason in science was the God of, was their God, was the God that they worshipped. And there was no such thing as, as, a, as a man that could uh, die for our sins and, and raise from the, from the dead on the third day. And he had all power in his hand. And in order for us to uh, be forgiven of our sins, we would have to pray and ask him to uh save us no that that's not logical that's not reasonable
0: and this is the this is the interesting thing about all of this with all the advancements that we have, I really do ask, are we any better off? Things are a lot easier, yes, um things are a lot easier in terms of medical advancements and things of that nature. Things are a lot easier, but in terms of Our social interactions, are we better off? People are more isolated now than ever before. Studies show people have disclosed that they feel lonelier than they've ever felt. And if you think about it, you can talk to anyone in an instant now, you know, whereas before you had to write a letter, send it somewhere, um, wait months to hear back from people and you read the letter and you have that feeling, whatever. Now you can communicate with someone in an instant. And people still feel lonely, incredibly lonely. Depression is on the rise in every age group, in every racial group. And look at suicide. Time. Suicide
1: is, is is on a rise. It's been on a rise within the past 10 years. We, we're the most overly medicated as far as psycho. Trophic drugs are concerned, but yet we're doing better off
0: than we did 30 years ago? Says who? And this is what I say. I say that while things have become easier for us in terms of medical advances, transportation, living conveniences, those type of things, the void has gotten deeper and wider. This void that people feel where they can't find peace. I know people who can't find peace. They're always chasing something. They're always chasing a new thing, a new activity, a new this. And it's not just for personal fulfillment and goals. It's not for that. You know, there's some people who've achieved everything that they wanted. They've hit every marker and still feel a deep void and a deep unhappiness. And, Why is that? And I feel like because people don't look to God anymore, they don't look up anymore. This is part of the problem. It's very important that we get back to that soon. We need to get back to that very soon. And this is the other thing I want to talk about, David. A lot of times people who are faithful people, are somehow labeled as anti-intellectual people, which couldn't be further from the truth. Really taking the time to realize that creation, how all of this came together, attributing it to something greater and bigger than yourself, I think that that's actually a very humbling thing. And it starts the question. To me, I feel like it starts the question. It doesn't stop the question. Because then we need to figure out who, what, and why. And to me, I feel like the Bible really does give you all those answers. And it gives you a purpose. And my thing is, if you really attribute this as a way to live your life, how can you be harmed? The New Testament, if you look to it like, how can this harm you? Treating others the way that you want to be treated. Respecting your spouse. Not harming anyone else. Not taking from anyone else. How can this hurt you?
1: Well, Jesus said, "Love those that hate you. Uh, do good to those that despitefully use you." And this is the Sermon on the Mount. That's the Sermon on the Mount. and, and that's basically what the what the Christian faith is about. You know, we it's about practical living. We we have to live out, you know, our doctrine is what we, you know, our the only way that the world knows that our doctrine is true is if we live it out in our own lives. Yeah. And as far as the people thinking that our faith makes us look like, you know, we, we're not intellectual, we're not um, thought-provoking, We're it doesn't seem like we're Educated in any way, you know, I can understand why they would say that because a lot of you know unbelievers they look at certain segments of Christianity, like for instance, the Word of Faith movement, televangelism, the Charismatic movement, you know, with all the theatrics and all the the sensationalism and the nonsense that goes on there. You know, if I was in the world, I would say the same thing. These guys are nothing but but a bunch of buffoons. They don't know what they're doing. They're just skipping around, laughing, and you know, just doing all kinds of crazy things. That has nothing to do. See, the Bible says, "Love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy strength, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind." So, the Holy Spirit, when we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we are in control of our of of of, of, of our behavior we are consciously in control of what we're doing we don't just fall out on the floor and spaz out and start vomiting all over the place doing all kinds of things involuntarily and then we wake up and then we're looking around saying well what happened what's what's, what's all this stuff doing all over the floor no that's not the Holy Spirit that's, demon, that's demonism that's demonic possession that's kundalini demonism mm. And this is what you see in a lot of the majority of your uh, the, the stuff that goes on on so-called Christian television.
0: And that is where that actually brings me to the next point that I want to ask you about. How does a person parse through all of this? We, we talked about false prophets. We talked about people. Many will come in my name. We talked about you know, people denying the work of the Holy Spirit. We talked about all of these things that are going to be happening, that are already happening. So how does a person who wants to do right, wants to be on the right path, what is your advice for them for navigating through all of this stuff? Because it's going to be hard. How how do you navigate through all of this?
1: Well, stick to the word of God, uh, the word of God says, "It shall be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my uh, my path." So we have to stick with that. We have to stick to God's word because God's word is not going to turn back to its void. Um, we 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 have to uh, stay true to what the word of God says, what the word of God teaches. Uh, sound doctrine is always the key. You know, the word of God. Places an emphasis on sound doctrine more than anything else. Sound doctrine and practice. Sound doctrine and practice. Um, you you look at cer- certain passages of Scripture where, like for instance, for 2 Timothy 4, verse 1 through 4 says, Preach the word, be instant, in, in season, out of season, rebuke, exhort, and, um, you know, it, it says to rebuke, to exhort, and to, you know, with all long suffering and doctrine. Is because why? Because the 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 time will come when they're not going to endure sound doctrine. Who's they? The the body of Christ, the ch- the church, the professing Christian is. They're not going to they're not going to endure or put up with sound doctrine, but they're going to heap into themselves teachers having itching ears. So we have to. And then the Bible also says in Ephesians chapter six, put on the whole armor of God that we may stand against the wiles of the devil, and what are the wiles? His trickery, his schemes. So we have to do that. We're in a spiritual warfare, a.k.a. your book. We're in a spiritual warfare and uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers and rulers of spirit, rules of darknesses, darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. So that is what we have to do. We have to put on the full armor of God. We have to stay steadfast in God's word, to protect ourselves against all of these things because even the very elect is going to be deceived. Yeah. Even the very yeah even the very elect are going to be deceived and and if the very elect can be deceived, then my God, I mean what more is there for us to do than to stick uh to God's word so that that doesn't happen
0: and you you are absolutely right, so the number one thing, like you said, is you need to just stick to God's word, you need to know what you know. And the only way that you can know what you know is if you do your reading and your research and you, you, you delve into the word and you hold true to the word because there's going to be a point where you can't look to anybody else. Um, cause people might not, people might be deceived themselves. You can't worry about everybody else. You can't worry about everybody else. You have to really be focused on what God is telling you, you have to really only be focused on him. This is something that is in the good book. It is, but I'm saying it in a very layman, practical type of way. You can't worry about everybody else. Everyone else is going to be trying to pull you in this direction or that direction, make fun of you, say that you don't know what you're talking about, make you seem like you're crazy. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to stand firm. You're gonna have to do it, and you're just gonna have to be steadfast in what you know, and that's really it. And if you do those two things, you're gonna be okay. And and another thing, before
1: um, I turn it back over to you, well, to familiarize yourself with sound doctrine, uh, that's what we need to do—to familiarize ourselves with, with with sound doctrine so that we can uh tell the difference or to uh differentiate the di- the between what is good or what is uh true o- what is yeah what is orthodox and what isn't and what is christian orthodoxy well christian orthodoxy is what the bible teaches and what is unorthodox what is unsound is what a lot of the majority of the, the, the things that people are saying that are not scriptural, unscriptural. So we need to familiarize ourselves with sound doctrine. I said uh, I already stated before that the Bible places an emphasis on sound doctrine more than anything else. The gospel. What is the gospel? First Corinthians fifteen three and four says that uh, Christ died according to the scriptures, was buried according to the scriptures, and rose again according to the scriptures, and, and and that's the crux of our faith. That's what, why we believe what we believe. That's why the, all of the disciples were killed. They were all, you know, the early Christians were eaten up by wild beasts, wild cats, and, and all kinds of others burned alive at the stake because of the gospel. And if we familiarize with ourselves with that, then we can't be fooled by every wind of doctrine that comes down the pike. Mm,
0: that is excellent. That is an Excellent, excellent point. And, um, you know, and the the other thing that I'll say is, you got to surround yourself with other believers. I I say that in the foreword of my book, you know, kind of the three things you have to start doing if you if you're feeling like something's not right, and you want to start getting right, there's a few things that you need to do. And David hit on basically everything. But the final thing that I'll say is that you need to get around other people who believe the same thing, um, support, having a support system, having people that you can talk to these things about these things is incredibly important, you know, uh, and it can make all the difference in the world. It'll help you grow. It'll give you confidence. It'll give you reassurance. And it'll help your knowledge. It'll increase your knowledge. I've learned so much from David Chandler. Like, literally, (laughs) learned so much. And it's a blessing that he's my friend, you know. And the fact that we can talk and do this show and help other people and just just have this conversation is a blessing. And so if you are finding that you're feeling this way and you want to talk about it and you want to get encouragement, find other people, you know, really do that. So I think this is a good point for us to wrap it up tonight. Um, This was an incredibly good conversation. I felt like we really touched on a lot of topics. And of course we're going to touch on a lot more. This is just the beginning. (laughs) So if you haven't already done so, make sure that you like and subscribe and share this channel with a friend, anyone else who is on the fence, who's a believer, who doesn't really know what they believe, but they're open to learning something else. This, this is the channel for you. We're not judgmental. All we're about is information. All we're about is bringing you in, letting you see what's going on, you making the decision, decision for yourself. And then hopefully getting this fire in you and just wanting to be a part of it. And we welcome you with open arms. So until next time, thank you so much for tuning in.